morning everybody I need to check my settings I still haven't fixed the inverted camera I'm trying to find how you do that on YouTube let's get sound Last week, my audio input reset for whatever reason on its own, because it's like that. I didn't do anything Saturday either. I'm making notes. It's my little, all right, all my stuff in there. Reminders, stuff like that. Good morning, Vinay. Is it Woman's Day? Is it Woman's Day? Is there a man's day? What day is Woman's Day in 2021? It is. <laughs> <laughs> men's day February 19th is National Men's Day why don't I know these things why don't I know these things that's crazy let's turn off so I don't get any back feed either National Women's Day huh well we'll be celebrating at my work because it's all women except for one man um, and he's a good guy, so, uh, how exciting. Thank you for reminding me, Vinay. What a beautiful thing. How do you celebrate Women's Day? Who created Women's Day? Now I'm curious. Who created Woman's Day? Let's find the history. How did International Woman's Day begin? It was actually started by the Socialist Party in the United States in 1901 and was observed in New York. Sorry for sipping. It, but it wasn't until Clara Zetkin, a German feminist, German, pushed for it to be a holiday in 1910, and it really took off in Europe. Huh. Let's look this up. I like history. Woman's Day. It later became an extremely important holiday in Russia because striking women workers sparked the February Revolution in International Women's Day in 1917. Bolshevik leaders, I might be saying that wrong, wanted to wait until Workers' Day in May 1st to launch the revolution, but women took the street to demand bread and an end to the war, and their protest forced the abdication of Caesar, Tsar, Tsar, 
C-Z-A-R. Lenin declared Women's Day an official Soviet holiday after the October Revolution at the urging of his commissioner of social welfare, Alexandria Kolatia. Later, it spread throughout the socialist world to places like China, Cuba, as the important day recognized contributions women made to both family and the economy. Why was why isn't International Women's Day embraced in the United States like Mother's Day? It goes back to some major Cold War anti-communism sentiments. Really, we're still holding a grudge against the Russians? Way to go, America. Let's just hang on to the past because we can never move forward doing that. We don't want to celebrate anything associated with the socialist past. We have Labor Day, but it's not celebrated on May 1st like most other na- nations for s- the same reason. It's crazy. Representative Maxine Waters, a Democrat from California, tried to introduce legislation in 1994 to make International Women's Day a holiday, but it never made it out of the committee. In the U.S., you don't get any recognition if you aren't a mom, but I think it is better to celebrate all women rather than just mothers. That's why International that's what International Women's Day does. More than 25 countries mark it as an official holiday. Interesting. That's interesting. And you know what? Even Mother's Day, just to, like, for Mother's Day... I don't celebrate it. I don't like most people do. Mother's Day is a day I spend with my children and I just appreciate them because of my children. I am able to, you know, be a mother. Without them, that wouldn't be possible. So on Mother's Day, I don't sit back and go, oh, you know, I just want to be served. No, I really enjoy my children. Last year, I can't remember what we did, but we just enjoyed. I just enjoyed them. I did fun things with them. So thank you, Vinay, for bringing that to my attention. I can definitely be the first one at work to say it. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my tea is strong this morning. So you guys, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, we didn't even get to Chapter 8 on Friday. We talked about gun rights. We talked about not allowing the government or a singular group too much power. Um, And I actually had this discussion with somebody else over the weekend. Um, When a singular group gets too much power, they will run with it. Like right now we're having this huge thing with cancel culture. I don't think it's really all that big of a deal. I mean, I'm hearing a lot about it, but it really doesn't matter to me. They're talking about Dr. Seuss and movies. They're saying that there are some things that are inappropriate to have now for children to see. But here's the thing. The children have already seen it. They're cartoons. A lot of it's like Dr. Seuss. It's personal choice. A group of people can tell me that they want to cancel Dr. Seuss, but that group of people can't force me to not show it to my children. That's where I'm at. There's a lot of people going, oh, look at this is going on, and and I can't believe that they're doing this, but they're not doing anything. All they're doing is 
spreading propaganda and running their mouth is all they're doing truly. And they really can't make me change who I am. They can't make me stop listening to Eminem. They can't make me stop believing in Dr. Seuss. So that was that verse about fear. Do not fear the person that can hurt the body, but fear the person who can harm the body and soul. What it truly means is a person can't really do anything to us. They can't make you do anything you don't allow them to do. And that's what I'm realizing with hearing all this propaganda with cancel culture they're getting people are getting in them way too much power but they can't really do anything to the person they can't make me stop doing what i'm doing they can't nobody can make me stop nobody can make me stop reading dr seuss it's personal choice so that's what's been going on in america a little crazy a little stupid honestly i don't know so you guys, in chapter 7, in chapter 7 was the first of the, the wonders that God was trying to really show the Pharaoh that I'm God. You know, first he turned the, st the staff, the rod, into a snake. And, you know, the Pharaoh's magicians were able to do that too. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Um, so the Pharaoh, he refused to let the people go. Then God had Aaron tap the waters with the rod, and they turned into uh, blood, all of the waters, for seven days, okay? And there was no drinking water, no nothing. But his men were able to do that too. But the thing was, his men weren't able to undo it because they went seven days with no drinking water. Now here you got the pharaohs. This is where it ends. For seven days you got the Egyptians who are not used to going without anything. They went seven days without water. And you got the Israels who are used to doing without. This is why it's good to grow up doing without. You know how to do it. You've had the experience. Learning how to live on the least amount as possible gives you the experience to know you can survive. Now the Israels, here they are. They're used to it. They're used to living without. So seven days without water, it's probably nothing to them. They already had reserves. They were ready. And that's where it ended. Oh, it says, and seven days passed after the Lord had struck the river. And we'll begin at chapter eight. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to the Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smile, I will smite all your territory with frogs. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, into your bed, into your houses of your servants, on your people, onto your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come up on you, onto your people, and all your servants. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the river, over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched his hand out over the waters of Egypt. 
And the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up the frogs on the land of Egypt. Then the Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may say, sacrifice to the Lord. See, the things is, his magicians could bring forth the enchantments, but they couldn't take them away. Then the Pharaoh, oh, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Moses said to Pharaoh, accept the honor of saying when I shall incede for you, for your servants and for your people and destroy the frogs from you and your houses that they may remain in the river only. So he said tomorrow and he said, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Ah. And the frogs shall depart from you, from your house, from your servants, from your people. They shall remain in the rivers only. And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had brought against the Pharaoh. So the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs dried up in the houses, out of the courtyards, and out of the fields. They gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. But when the Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them as the Lord had said. See, God already knew. God already knew what was going to happen. Here's the thing about God. This is what I've learned. I've made so many mistakes. Even in the last 2021, in 2021, I've, I have a list. I have a list. I have a ticket book of stuff I've done wrong. I know. I've stumbled. I've misstepped. But God already knew there was some point in time I made a really, I messed up pretty bad. I, I, it was tremendous in my life. But God, he came down and he goes, Christine, I already knew. I already knew what you were going to do before you did it. It was already written in your life. I already know. Just allow me to bring you through it and show you why you're doing it. Because you're working with me. You're seeing why you're doing these things. And it's going to bring a great lesson. You doing this, me showing you why, you are going to learn something about yourself. Trust me. I already know. And I'm not even angry. He was never angry. Was he disappointed? No, I don't think he was so disappointed as it saddened him. That he had to sit. See, the thing about God is he has to sit back and watch us. It's like a parent watching a child. He doesn't want to see me be self-destructive. But sometimes that's the very thing I have to do to figure out who I am. To understand why I continue to be self-destructive. So he already knew that the Pharaoh was going to do this. He knew. So the Lord said to Moses, 
Say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so it may become lice throughout the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout the land of Egypt. Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. See, now I begin to wonder if maybe God was allowing them a certain amount of power to allow Pharaoh to build up like they were so great and suddenly nothing. Because I'm trying to figure out where they got this so say power to do this because it, it comes from God. And the thing about lice, lice is like the worst um, it spreads. It's contagious. It never goes away. It just stays in everything. I cannot imagine if it was to be like amongst all the people. It's little, little bugs that constantly bite you and they lay eggs and it's just, and they itch and they bite and it just, it's like a nuisance. Imagine the dog that has fleas all the time, constantly itching. That's what we become, a dog with fleas. Then the magician said to the Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them just as the Lord had said. And the Lord said to Moses, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me or else you will not let my people or Else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants, on your people and onto your houses and the house of Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground in which they stand. And in the day I will set apart the land of Gazan in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall be. Ooh, and the Lord did so. Thick swarms of flies came into the houses of the Pharaoh, onto his servants, into the houses in all the lands of Egypt. And the land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies. And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, saying, Go sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not right to do so, for we will be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. We will sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes. Then will they not stone us? Let me read that again. The Pharaoh called, Moses, called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not right to do so, for we will be sacrificing the abomination of Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of Egyptians before their eyes, they will, will they not stone us? So the Pharaoh is wanting them to sacrifice to God. In the land of Egypt, okay, not in the wilderness. He wants to see them, them to stay there in his eyesight, in their land. And the thing is, is if the Israels do this in front of the Egyptians, the Egyptians have the right to stone them. So it's a very hypocritical statement what the Pharaoh is saying. See, God is working through Moses to show him, no, that ain't going to fly. <laughs> it's a pun. That isn't going to fly. That's what God is saying. Thank you, God. That was good. Where's my son? He's the king of all puns. He would have loved that one. That was good. That was really good. 
We will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he will command us. So the Pharaoh said, I will let you go and you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. Then Moses said, Indeed, I am going out from you, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart tomorrow from the Pharaoh and from his servants and from his people. But let the Pharaoh not deal deceitfully any more in letting the people go sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses went out from the Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses. He removed the swarms of flies from the Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one remained. But the Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would he let the people go. That is the end of chapter 8. So you have the frogs and you have the flies. How annoying. The frogs die and it stinks. The flies are just annoying. And the lice. First you had, first you had the rod into snakes. And I believe that was God allowing his sorcerers to feel like they had a certain amount of power. You know, it builds him up. God knew God knows what he's doing. The water too. But none of which they could take back. They couldn't change the water back from blood to water. They couldn't remove the frogs. They couldn't remove the lice. They couldn't remove any of that. Only God could. And God did when he was ready. It wasn't Aaron casting out the rod. Well... Yeah, it wasn't Aaron going out with the rod and saying it's over. God just removed it the next day and it was gone. But the Pharaoh, and God knows, God knows that Pharaoh's over here thinking he can get away deceitfully. He's going to try. He's going to test. He's going to test God to see how far. Maybe they'll stop. Maybe, you know, it's just... He just feels he cannot let go. Here's the thing. We learned in the chapter of Matthew about the Pharisees. The Pharisees could never be humble enough to get down and admit that what they were doing to Jesus was incorrect. Even though they were openly being deceitful, they could never let go. Why? Because they would have to let go of the power of being above people and ruling. And now here you have a Pharaoh. He has all, he has two to three million people building him a kingdom. This is how the Egyptians were building this kingdom. They felt powerful. They have pyramids. They have all these things being built where he's going to be entombed. And he's going to be this great king because look at what he built. That's how it is. Look at me because look at what I built for me. And I got all these people to do it. It's all an ego and power trip. And for him to let all of that go, it's going to take great and mighty works. I know because God has had to move heaven and earth to break my ego several times. He's done some pretty miraculous things. The very first time he put me in a situation where I had to ask for help. And he, he strategically planned it. I couldn't believe that how everything just fell into place. But my pride and ego were so built up in me that eventually I knew that was the only way. And it was painful. It was painful what God put me through. But I wouldn't... Mm, that's what he's doing right now to me. <laughs> 
Oh, God is trying to break my ego and my pride in a different direction. Why? Why do I got to go through this? I don't want to go through it. Moral of the story, you can either just listen to God and allow things to be the easy way or you can resist them like the Pharaoh. That's what God's showing me. Be like the Pharaoh, Christine. Be like the Pharaoh and it's going to be painful. Be like Jesus and it will be easy. See, I'm learning something from this story about me. When I read this, God is guiding me right now because I'm in a mental bondage of something. I know what it is and I just won't let it go because of fear. The fear of the unknown, of something I've never done before. And so because of that fear, I'm allowing my pride and ego to build up to be like, I don't care. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. You can't tell me what to do. I had this argument last night with God. I do argue with him. I don't want to do it. I don't care. And he goes, if you don't care, why are you so mad? Because my ego and pride. I am the Pharaoh right now. To myself. So you guys, that is chapter 8 tomorrow, chapter 9. I hope it's beautiful where you're at. Vinay, I hope you have a great evening and you get some great rest. This week is going to be a beautiful week, you guys. I don't know why. I just think it's going to be a beautiful week. It just feels like it's going to be a beautiful week. It does. It's going to be a beautiful week. So I love you guys. God bless. And have a great day. Let's see if I can. I'm going to attempt this. Okay. Also. And when I get on my phone, you guys, I'm actually sharing to my personal page because I changed things up. It's going to pop up. Is it going to pop up? Why do people tag me? Mm. I get tagged in a lot of stuff. It's crazy. There we go. gonna get into this you guys i love this song how great thou art if you've never heard it done by carrie underwood and why can't i think of his name there's another gentleman he sang a lot of country songs but carrie underwood she knocks it out of the park i absolutely love when i saw that video it just 
I almost cried. It was so beautiful. So guys, I'm really going to get into this. I've been thinking about doing this all weekend, so I'm going to do my best to get through this because I'm talking about my personal life. Um, I'm going to go back to a, I'm going to go back and reuse a verse I did last week, but it's going to reflect in this verse that I'm using from Job. Job was a man and it's a chapter in the Bible who lost everything, but he still loved God, lost his family, lost his money, lost his wealth. He lost everything. The enemy thought if he lost everything, he would hate God. But see, the thing about Job was Everything he had was because of God. Everything was God. So you could take that all away. And I know what that feels like. See, I get Job. Because I could lose everything. I could lose my children. I could lose my home. I could lose all my stuff. But I know nobody could ever take the God within me. He will always reside within me. Nobody and nothing can ever take that away. And if I'm meant to live, it's for a purpose. And I'll get through it. That's what I've learned. Now in Job 12, 22, the verse goes, He uncovers deep things out of darkness. Okay. When I hear this verse, I think of myself. I'm this thing. I didn't even write the verse down. That's good. God must have knew I was going to draw. See? God's got it covered. God's got me covered. This is me. That's me. Okay. Now, actually, I need to draw this shorter. I'm not that tall. I'm actually a very short person. I barely made it over five foot. Hooray for me. Um, okay. In my life, there was these traumas. Okay. There was these bad behaviors. They're learned, you guys. Children mimic. Good morning, Joan. You too. I hope that it's going to be a beautiful time for you. Which reminds me, I need to call Mike because I haven't heard from him. He went off the grid off of Facebook. I don't know why he's... But I better check on him. I know he's doing okay, but I think I need to be the one to call him this time. He usually calls me, but I'm going to call him today while I'm at work. So in my life were these things... Particularly one was insecurities. I'm getting deep, you guys. Insecurities, fear, and anger. The root of all of these truly is fear, you guys. Fear and insecurities. The root of every negative emotion within you. And you can try to lie to yourself. But the root of all the anger and the bad behaviors and the traumas, all of those things, when you really dig with inside yourself, 
The root of them is fear and insecurities that come from what you experienced as a child, the way your parents raised you. I know because I'm trying really hard not to raise my children the way I was raised. I had to wake up. One day it was like I woke up, I saw myself, and I realized I was a really crappy person in this life. I became just like my mother, my stepfather, and my father all in one. And me, Christine, had been buried somewhere deep within me and I no longer knew who she was. And one day my whole life crumbled and I was like, who am I? Who am I? Because I felt like such a fake person. And this is no kidding. My life crumbled before my eyes. I had no, I didn't know what to do. It was bad. These are the things that are buried within, when it says he uncovers deep things out of the darkness. These are the things we hide below the surface of our life. And we stay distracted by job, family, friends, you know, online stuff. We're always distracted and we never really think about these things. Well, guess what? Last year I had all the time in the world because I was laid off of work. I had no job. I had nothing to do. God put me under construction and he made me face these things. Last year as well, he brought our family dog back into our life. She was 13 years old. She went to go live with the family during my addiction because I could no longer take care of her. We had her since she was two months old. I loved this dog. This was the first living thing that I truly loved and loved me back since I was about eight years old. Okay. Her name was Duchess. I remember the first day I saw her. I knew she had to be mine. It was like this. I fell in love with her. She was for me. I knew it. So last year in a series of very fortunate events, almost a year ago, the people that had her called and asked if I wanted her back. And I said, yes. Here's my very poor looking dog. So here came Duchess. And God used her. And I'm gonna read another verse. It was from Psalms 91.11. Where is it at? For he shall give his angels charge over you. She loved me so much. And God used her. And all these things started coming up. Because she loved me. She was trying to give it to me, guys. She was this angel in my life, and she was trying to give me love. But at the same time, I had not dealt with not learning love in my life. So I kept putting up a brick wall. Okay? And I rejected her. All last year. We had... 
I did the things I was supposed to do for her. I fed her. I gave her a bath. I too, we went on a morning walk. We had moments. You know, we had our routine every day. She was taken care of. But I never fully returned the love she was trying to give me. And when I mean she was my dog, I mean it. I could look at this dog and she knew. She knew by me looking at her what I wanted her to do. And we had moments before this, during my marriage, during a lot of things where we had moments. And I let my guard down and I would love her. But last year, I only let her get so close to me. We had to put her down last year because she just couldn't do it anymore. She was struggling. She was old. She lived a fulfilling life. She ran amok. She was a crazy dog. Crazy. I couldn't control I couldn't control this dog if I tried. She was a free spirit. Just like me. And God placed her in my life because I did love her. There's no other dog like this dog. I will never find another dog like her. But when she died, a piece of me died because I did love her. And it took me a long time to understand why I didn't allow her to love me. Why did I resent it so bad? Every time she tried to love me, I resented her. Because I didn't know how to give her love. It took me until last month, you guys. Last month, I went through some stuff. And I had to face myself. And I realized I didn't know how to go over this bondage. This is what I'm talking about in Exodus right now. I have a mental bondage that stems from all of these things here. These things, fear and insecurity has placed this mental bondage. And I didn't know how to climb over this wall and just love. And it took... Not having her in my life anymore to understand why I did the things I did. Why couldn't I do it? Because I didn't know how. I didn't know how. I was too weighed down by these things. And these things were truly the core these are these deep things it says in job he uncovers deep things out of darkness i didn't realize because see i was doing everything i was supposed to be doing we were going for morning walks i was feeding her she was getting a treat i was doing what i was supposed to do but there was a blockage in my heart and i kind of knew because I did, never wanted to get too close. I never wanted to really allow her that close to me. You know, it was just, I did the right thing. I thought that was the right thing to do. But it was being fear of and insecurities. Insecurities of not knowing how. I've never had to really let this wall down. And love another person. I love my children, but they came out of me. That's a completely different story. You can't help but love the children that come out of your body. And for mothers who don't, 
I don't understand it. Because even me, I love my children. It'll forever be the bond. You can never break that. You could never keep me away from my children. Ever. So... I've had to really think about this, you guys. This one had me perplexed all weekend because I'm still dealing with it. Fear and insecurity keeps me from going over this wall in my heart and loving other people. I do it in degrees. I'm very controlled. I would have never realized these were here without God. I've told a lot of people, and I will never stop saying it, only God can get you through healing. God is the only reason I've been able to recover myself through addiction. Okay? We have to have God. No human flesh can truly bring this out of you and show you the whys of these things buried deep to why you portray them in your behavior in life. Good morning, Demita. Oh, I get to see you today. Oh, this one's good for you, Demita. We've talked about this. These things very deep that we avoid. Those emotions. The core of them are fear and insecurity. Any negative emotion we feel. Anything. When we truly think about anything negative, it's because of fear and insecurities. And that usually comes from really how how self self why can't i think of the word self-worth it's our self-worth we don't believe we're good enough that's really what it comes down to we don't believe we're good enough like all the good things that are going to happen for you is scary it's scary to accept good things I was scared to accept the love of my dog because it would have felt good and I didn't know how to receive that because I've never been taught how to receive love. I'm working through myself in this, you guys. This is something I needed to talk about. This is what I mean, you guys, when you have to talk about things out loud. You have to say them out loud. Just like I'm saying out loud now. When you say it out loud and you really start talking about it and draw a diagram, you really start to figure yourself out. This is how I'm figuring myself out. I'm finally talking about it. It's been months. I put my dog down in November. I've had a hard time with this. I've had a really hard time because she didn't get the love back that she gave. And I can't take that back. I can never take that back. All I can do is learn from it, and I have to learn from it. I can't allow her death to be for nothing. I can't allow the reason God put her in my life to be for nothing. And that's how we have to look at things like this. Her life had to serve some kind of purpose, even after death. So there's my life, you guys. Crazy. It's true. We all go through this. Okay? We all go through it. We all have insecurities. We all have fears. Just some of us are ready to face them now. And some of us bury them deep. She was the angel God put in charge over me. For my life. We had moments in the beginning. The first years were, I don't know, 
But towards the end, it was really hard. Because I started to recognize I had these issues. I couldn't bury them anymore. And the more she tried to love me, the more these came up. Ooh. And now I really have to face them. I have to change. Oh. You guys, so I love you. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by. Demita, I love you. I can't wait to see you for work. Joan, I love you. Can't wait to see, see you sometime. You guys, happy National Women's Day, too, by the way. To all of you on podcast, to YouTube, to Facebook. Uh, happy National Women's Day. And that came from Vinay. He's not listening right now. He's probably going to bed. Um, But it is National Women's Day, so I love you guys. God bless.